On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Hannah Powley, where we discuss how her journey of becoming a coach started with working on herself. We talk about the relationship that we have between our masculine and feminine sides, how we stand in our own way, and how by working on these mental blocks, we can improve our mental and physical well-being. We also discuss tapping into your creative side and the amazing changes choosing happiness over money can lead to. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to journey number 11. And today I'm really excited to have Hannah Powley here. Hannah, how's your day going? Good. I got my coffee ready to go. Awesome. And uh, I mean, we were chatting a little bit before this and talking about how you've been in quarantine and counting down the days until you can finally leave and finally see people again. And, uh, you know, I think I'd be going a little bit crazy, but you seem to be doing good. So yeah, I think it's all in your perspective, right? Like you, I mean, I, I chose to quarantine because I chose to travel for a work opportunity. So I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's all in how you see it. Like I've, I've, I've had extra time to focus on, like I tend to let creative things take a back burner and business entrepreneurial things kind of take like a lot of my focus. So I found being at home, I got to focus on a bit more of the, creative side of things which is always good because that makes me super happy so very cool and super random but just with you saying that do you find ever that you need to be creative in like the more entrepreneurial business side of things or for you are they really separate in your mind I think it's I, I imagine that it's probably different for different um business owners but mm -hmm. For me, when I notice a lack of um, like happiness or feeling grounded or the stress and the worry is starting to creep in and the negative self-talk, I find that it's usually because I'm not in touch with my creative side of things and I'm focused too much on the business and the numbers and they're like looking too far ahead. So I find like I find I have to find a balance of both. Yeah, um, yeah but also like coaching as well as a part of that. Like there's the business, there's the coaching and then there's like the creating. So it's, it's hard to find a balance, but it's, it's a work in progress every day for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, that really resonates with me that like looking too far ahead where I do that all the time. And whenever like I'm about to start something or I'm looking, I don't just like go a couple of weeks or months ahead. I'm like, okay, when this is huge and, you know, there's millions of people doing it or like whatever it might be and um, needing to pull myself back and kind of like reground and be like, yeah, that's great. And it's good to have that foresight. And at the same time, trying to actually stay grounded with what's happening right now and not get too ahead of myself. Is there, it's, tough. It's, yeah. it, it's, I think it's something that we will always work on. Yes. As humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just because I'm curious, like for that creative side, um, you know, when you said that you like getting in touch with it and it kind of helps you, you know, bring you back and center you, are there specific outlets that you've found like over your life that you typically go back to for that creative output? Or is it trying new things or, you know, more of just like a general like genre of things or, you know, how does that work for you? That's a great question. I think it's changed over time. Like I used to see being creative as um, like being artsy and like, I, I, I am, I do love art and I, I like to paint and I like to draw and, and all of those things. And I always have, but I always saw it as this like singular thing. 
But I think being creative, what that means to me now, and I may be going off from your question here, but oh, what that means to me now is like kind of going inside myself. So like I find often being a business owner that you can really get stuck in like your masculine um, characteristics. And that's kind of how I am anyway, because I grew up in a rugby club. So <laughs> yeah. um, so I find like when I'm when I say creative, what I mean is like I'm getting in touch with myself and like moving my body in creative ways and being introspective and writing. Um, so I'd say my favorite things are probably dancing. Like I will just dance in my basement, which sounds probably <laughs> crazy, but it's like, I f it's getting in tune with yourself, right? Like dancing or writing. Um, I find I will often put off writing. And then as soon as I write, I just have this like sense of like, I just feel so powerful and like great and for some reason I get when I'm attached in like my business mindset that stuff lacks so um and sometimes maybe like doing something a bit crazy you know like <laughs> okay. doing something new I would call that creative as well I'm not sure if that answers your question but it sure does that's that's awesome I love hearing that and just kind of touching on something that you said too because I think it came up in your conversation um with the king of hearts with nuke um, you know, talking about that like feminine and masculine energy, right? Yeah. And that's a bit of a newer, you know, just call, call it topic for myself of, you know, looking at it in the way that, you know, masculine doesn't necessarily mean male and, you know, vice versa for feminine. And mm. we all have both aspects and we can both lean into one or the other. And it's important to be in touch with both. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting to hear you say maybe for some people, um, you know, be, being really in touch with your masculine side. And can you talk a little bit about your journey with that and like when kind of some consciousness came around that and um, how it's maybe shifted or, um, you know, changed over the last little while? Yeah, I, I really love this topic. Um, I, I think that these concepts came to me I think they're a part of like a self-healing journey, right? Like realizing, okay, who am I? What is my purpose in life? Um, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be surrounded by? I feel like you have to really get clear on those things. Um, and then these concepts start to kind of come to light for you. So um, I realized like my purpose is to help women and in the online space with um, feeling empowered to be able to live life at the highest level possible with mindset, health and fitness strategies. So I realized like when, once I realized this and I really dove into it, I realized that I was very detached from my feminine side. Like I had this kind of like hard exterior and I was like, I don't need anybody. Um, and I still sometimes get in that that mindset. I don't need anybody. Um, it's, it's me out for myself and, um, having this opinion that like, you have to be hard to be good at business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized that like, I was very disconnected from my feminine side, which could be due to relationships I had or the way I grew up, like who knows. Um, but what I found is that like, like even 
looking at the color pink, I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be like, ugh. Pink is so girly and feminine and yeah. whatever. And I don't know if you've noticed this about me, but I put pink all over my posts. And that's kind of like me forcing myself to embrace it, mm-hmm. which lots of people probably wouldn't know by looking. They're probably just like, oh, she likes pink. I actually don't like pink. I'm making myself <laughs> like pink. Um, but I realized like, okay, what do I need to do to get in touch more with my feminine side. So I started by, I think the first thing I did when I, I wasn't really clear on exactly the differences, mm-hmm. um, I just started complimenting women every day. Like I'd see a random woman and I'd compliment her and it would, I'd be like, oh, that feels really good. Um, Cause I found growing up that I was kind of, I always got along better with men. Like I always got along better with males or my, like my best friend growing up was a guy. Yeah. Um, I always got along really well with guys. So I realized that was where I had to start was like being more open to women around me. Um, And then once I did some learning just with myself on like the differences between the feminine and the masculine, and I've done a lot of reading as well on how that um, impacts you as a female business owner as well. Okay. Um, So I realized like, okay, the feminine is like more of your nurturing um, creative, strong, empowering side. And then your masculine is more of your like black and white, um, numbers focused, maybe not so. Um, and that this, it's not a negative thing. Like the masculine traits are not a negative thing in any way. Like you need to be able to tap into both. But I realized when I was looking into this, okay, I'm definitely more on that masculine side. So the more I can kind of balance things out, then the better coach I'm going to be, I'm going to be more open and there for my family and my friends. And, um, it's a very long winded answer, but I think just kind of self-learning and just going along my journey and figuring things out for myself. I would honestly really like to dive into a bit more of the psychology of this stuff, but yeah. Need the time for it. So <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I love that answer. And I think that's great context. And you know, a couple things that kind of stood out for me. And you know, one of the first ones is what is such, you know, like a quote unquote simple action of mm-hmm. forcing yourself to put pink everywhere and wear pink and whatever it might be, even though you don't actually like it. You know, sometimes from the outside looking in, somebody might be like, well, that seems, you know, so small, so insignificant, but a lot of times it's not necessarily the action I find it's, you know, the mental block and the mental exercise of doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, so what came up for me is, you know, I've always struggled with the idea of perfection, you know, this idea that I have to be perfect for people to like me, for people to love me, et cetera. And so for me, a tiny little thing was disagreeing with somebody even on insignificant things or like saying that I don't like something that they like, right? Which again, you know, from the outside looking in seems like such a small thing of like, I don't wanna eat there, right? Like I don't wanna have that tonight for dinner, something like that. Um, But for me, that mental hurdle is actually huge and kind of getting those reps in and training yourself to accept those things that, you know, you've naturally pushed against um, to help with growth. The other thing was just kind of backing up a little bit because I'm super curious. Um, You know, one thing that I've really been trying to figure out and dive into and 
um, you know, try to pick people's brains whenever they come on is that idea of purpose and finding your purpose. Um, so kind of two parts of what started that journey for you. Um, you know, when you started diving into, you know, like improving yourself, challenging maybe your old beliefs. And how did you come to the realization um, around your purpose? Another awesome question. Um, it sounds very foo-foo, but I can only describe it as this like light bulb epiphany period where I just started to, I, I, I'm a self-proclaimed people pleaser and I have been since a very young age. And I realized that I had, I think the way that I realized my purpose was filtering out the things that I had said yes to that didn't feel right in my gut and my okay. heart, my head. Um, so like, as I was going through this journey of like, especially when I started my business, like you just say yes to all of these things. Um, and I think being my own boss and like owning a business has propelled me on this journey. I, I'm not sure how long it would have taken if I didn't do this, but we won't even go there. Um, <laughs> So as I was filtering out these things that I had been saying yes to just for the sake of saying yes and people pleasing, as I filtered those things out, I realized like what was for me and what wasn't. And I think on that journey, like for example, I was very close to looking at like owning a gym and I realized that I didn't wanna do that and it just didn't feel right in my gut, which probably took me way too long. Um, because it, it got to the point of like, we were going to go ahead and do this. And then I realized like, okay, this isn't for me. Um, and again, you can never apologize for the, the time that it takes for you to figure these things out. They just happen and it happens. Um, but I realized like, okay, I don't really care as much as I thought I did about just training people for rehab. Mm. Like there's so much more and there's so much opportunity. Um, and I think just listening to your gut and your heart and your head like you know when things are, are not in line and I think the more that I like meditated and the more that I got in tune with my body and myself and started to love myself more I was able to hear it louder like if things were in line um, and then always coming back to like what is my vision like once I figured out what my vision was then I could ask myself like is this in line with it no is this in line with it yes is this in line with it no and then it also makes you much more unapologetic about saying no to certain things so I think my biggest journey has been like showing myself that when I listen to these things and I make sure that I'm in line with my decisions and that they properly reflect my vision and my purpose then I'm always going to be right for myself love that that's awesome and it's one of the biggest lessons that I've been trying to learn um, over the last little while. And one of my big realizations is, you know, trusting that gut feeling. Cause I feel like, like you said, a lot of times, you know, when something's not aligned or when it feels off, right. And there's no other really word for it other than it just like feels wrong. Or like my gut's telling me that I should or should not do that. And you just know, you just, yeah. you just feel it. It's this, yeah. it's this feeling that you can't even really explain. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that my problem a lot of times was that my head would overwrite that. 
right? And I would mm -hmm. say like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way, right? And so I'll actually go and do this, even though it wasn't, you know, my body was telling me no, I would go, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to override it. I'm going to do it anyways. And that's, I would say, you know, I've really been trying to minimize regret, you know, that feeling of regret, because it brings a lot of, you know, dwelling and negative connotation and thoughts around things. And so I've been trying to minimize it. But I would say a lot of times over the last while, that's been my only regrets are those times when I did not listen to my body. And so making that conscious decision going forward of when I feel that I need to listen to it and I need to trust it. That's so true. Like what you said about being too in your head, I yeah. think that like what I was saying earlier about like the creative things, mm -hmm. I find, I have found that the more that you do these things that ground yourself, like meditation and getting out in nature and yoga, like movement of body, um, but not like harsh, um, aggressive movement, like flow yeah. movement. And like the more that you can get into that flow state, I feel like the less your head takes over in your decision making. So I feel like that's another thing too. Like I always thought meditation was this like foo foo weird thing. Yeah. And then, oh, sorry. That's I always thought that meditation was this foo-foo thing that like was just a bunch of BS. And then once I started to just really dive into it and um, work on it every single day, then I started to realize like, oh, okay, this isn't foo-foo. Like this is, this actually helps me get out of my own head. Yeah. I think that's a big part as well. And just for my own curiosity, like, how did you start meditating? Do you use an app? Was it like a guided thing? Because I did go through a period actually during the quarantine where I was meditating basically every night and just kind of, you know, self-guided, uh, no real time limit, no, nothing like that, not a ton of structure. And I really liked it and I've kind of fallen off of it. And so I'm just curious, you know, are you more guided, more self-guided? Do you use any tools? Was it just like making it a habit? Um, so that you always do it? Yeah, when I started, I started with the Headspace app. Mm -hmm. um, I also used Calm a couple of times. That's another app that's really good. I, I, when I started, I used, gui used guided meditation and I would only do like, I think I started at two minutes and two minutes felt like two hours. <laughs> yeah. So I started with like two to five minutes and just made it a consistent habit. And then the more I did it, the more I thought like, uh, I didn't really get much from that. Mm -hmm. So then I dive, I dove into longer meditations that were guided, but also um, they would take you to these deeper levels of like introspection. So I really, uh, for the ladies that are listening or even the guys, um, Rising Woman is a Instagram account and they also have these guided meditations on their website and they're fantastic. They have like an inner child one and inner goddess one. And I would start to do these meditations that were like 15 to 20 minutes long with visualization. Mm. Um, and then once I kind of got into that deeper meditation, I then found like now if I feel um, stressed or anxious, I can just drop down on the floor here and like put a little song on and just like meditate Right. unguided yeah. um so it's it 
small steps, stay consistent with it and do it every day. The only wrong way to do it is to not do it. Just do it every day yeah. and then you'll get better over time. Very cool. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, and this might seem like a weird question just because I, I don't think it's something that's talked about a ton. And you said one of them is the inner child, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm just more curious if you've done a lot of that inner child work because, um, you know, over called last year where I've really, you know, put a lot of time and effort into this, you know, personal development, mental health kind of side of things, that has a, actually been a huge one for me is mm -hmm. repairing that inner child and a really interesting, um, call it like exercise that my therapist gave me was going back like in my brain and being the role model that young Jared needed at the time and like telling him what what he needs to hear and like sometimes and it, it sounds like so crazy when I say it out loud but like sometimes going in in my brain giving like young Jared a hug or something right or telling him that I love him and something like that and so mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting like journey exercise trying to repair that relationship with my inner child I'm just curious if you've done any of that sort of work yeah I actually have done a lot of the visualizing yourself at a certain age like you'll just you'll just know what age it is that you need to visualize it'll if you do meditation and you're in touch with those things like it will come to you um, so I've done a lot of the like visualizing myself at this age and giving myself a hug and telling myself it's okay like meditations like that um, and then also I've reflected on like I think the biggest thing is just reflection so like I, f I find people will often say that inner child work is only for the, the children that have experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and when we think of trauma, we think of this like big explosive, um, crazy life altering thing, but you can have like trauma from um, maybe one person said something to you in high school and you don't realize that that the impact that it had on you and it might be seem like this small insignificant thing but it took you down this path so i feel like a big thing is like reflecting on what happened to me throughout my growth as a person and then what narrative did i form based on these things so like yeah. why do i feel like i have to please everybody um because i feel like like for, uh, the biggest thing for me was figuring out that i I'm all I really need is myself. Um, and I find that realization has allowed me to stop people pleasing as much. So it's like doing that reflection and figuring out like, where was I? What was the path that took me to believing this? Mm -hmm. You have to reflect before you can change things. You have to be aware before you can change. So I feel like the biggest thing with that inner child work is just figuring out like, I mean, even for the ladies listening, like as a woman, I realized like from a very young age, all we're told is that, or the majority of what we're told is grow up, get a husband that has lots of money and can take care of you, have babies. And there's so much more to life than that. Yeah. Um, so that's an, another example of like something that you would reflect on okay, this is something that I was told from a young age because of society, not just because of parents or specific people. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that's not necessarily the truth and I can actually form my own path yeah I love that and um yeah you know uh just what came up for me was a saying that I've really tried to tell myself because I also have have had you know um people pleasing tendencies really badly and for me it was like self-worth centered right and so the thing I always try to come back to is you are enough because you are you right like you don't need to prove it to anybody you don't need to look for outside validation like you are good enough because you are you and that's all you need to be mm. um yeah and then it's so funny that you bring up trauma because randomly it's piqued my interest recently and you know that idea that you know trauma doesn't necessarily need to be one super huge you know event that we typically look at right um and it's also led to a little bit of call like imposter syndrome of you know reading through trauma and people that you know have been called diagnosed or experienced trauma and really resonating with a lot of the things that they say um and feel and you know their experiences and stuff like that but feeling like well that can't be right because you know i didn't go through a singular um you know call it super traumatizing event that people typically define it as right like i've gone through traumatizing events but always feeling like well they're not traumatizing enough right mm -hmm. and um yeah so <laughs> funny enough like i hate reading books i just can't do it but because of my curiosity it has actually sparked my interest and i'm reading um i think it's called the body keeps the score right now um so yeah so no really interesting topic that i'm digging into yeah, I love what you said about self-worth. I actually did, um, I have a podcast with my girlfriend, Jamie, and we both did our own individual episodes just talking about our journey. And I called it Journey to Self-Worth. So it's funny that you said that. Um, but what I see self-worth as is like, I am worthy of respect. I am worthy of success. I am worthy of all these things because I know I am not because other people tell me I am yeah. so it's, it's funny that you said that yeah love that um <clears throat> so backing up a little bit um kind of going down a little bit of a different road so um I guess you know first of all explain exactly what it is you're doing now because I know you're doing some coaching um some you know fascial stretch you know stuff like that but I believe I saw that you used to work a corporate job and you made a big decision to leave that and kind of pursue call it your passions or your purpose like you were talking about before um so can you talk to us yeah so first just some context on you know like what exactly you're doing right now and then how you got to that point and um you know one you know mustering the courage to actually leave it and was it you know one day you just woke up you're like okay i need to do this or was it a gradual build up of you know feeling that disconnect just kind of going into that yeah, so um, I'll start with what I do now. So right now, uh, the my bread and butter is the online coaching. Um, so I work with women specifically, um, and I, I work with them on mindset, nutrition, exercise, stress management, lots of times, even relationships with yeah. themselves and with other people. So um, I, I really, really, really am working on not detesting the word life coach or the <laughs> yeah. description life coach. Yeah. But 
I really am coaching the ladies in all areas of life because I realized um, if I give you an exercise program and a, a nutrition plan and your mind is a total mess and your confidence is so low and you are extremely stressed and living on autopilot, you're not going to get the results that you need to get and you're not going to show up to do these things. So I realized like I went through a phase of like, why aren't people getting results and like really diving into um, why especially women struggle so much with like the roller coaster of weight fluctuations and confidence fluctuations and, and all of these and hormonal issues. And I realized like the reason that we have these fluctuations is because we start and then we stop and then we start and then we stop. So my favorite type of client is like the clients that know what they need to do, but they just can't do it. Um, and they really need someone to help them exercise, not just exercise, but exercise like control, taking control of their life. Mm -hmm. um, so I really coach my clients on things like daily routines, journaling, um, food journaling, and like understanding why do I have this emotional attachment to food or why do I have this emotional attachment to the scale um, and, and all of those things I find I found that the more I coach on that the other stuff just falls into place and the exercise program is just a thing like I can give anyone an exercise program yeah. but I need to it's my job to ensure that you're following it and in order for you to follow it and um, have a good relationship with food and yourself and all of these things, then we have to implement these things. And lots of times I'm just coaching habits like, okay, let's implement, let's have you drink three liters of water a day for the next six weeks. And I need you to check it off in the app every day. So I know you did it because it takes 90 days for us to establish a habit. Okay. You've got that. Okay. Now let's add journaling or now let's add, um, taking vitamins, like whatever it is, I would say if I could sum it up, like what I really help women do is take the stress out of health and fitness and just appreciate the journey versus like the end result. Mm -hmm. um, I find when we just focus on the end result, like I want to be this body fat percentage, or I want to do this, or I want to um, look good for this vacation when we attach ourselves to the end result, the journey doesn't have the consistency that it needs to have. So um, yeah, I would say I help inconsistent women get consistent. Yeah. And actually just to jump in really quick, because, you know, a couple things in there really just resonated with me. And it's something I've been talking about a little bit over the last while. Um, and really what it comes down to is the connection between the mental and physical side right? And how, how disconnected I thought they were and the new realization of, you know, you need both sides of it. And for me, you know, it showed up a lot in like body image issues and stuff like that as well. And it's so funny where it's, you know, so I used to play football. I played football for eight years and uh, I worked out a ton. However, I never really saw the results that I wanted. And I realized looking back of how lacking my mental side was is that I would go into the gym scared every single day right and you know again that self-worth coming up stuff like that of 
you know, I'm weak. I'm, you know, not as big as the other guys. And so, you know, going into a workout with that mindset would hold me back and I would almost self-sabotage as well. Right. Um, the other big one for me and, you know, that connection and attachment to the scale has been huge where, um, you know, and how that ties into body image is I've gone through two pretty extreme weight losses in my life. Right. So, um, I think the first one was in 2013 and I lost about 50 pounds. And then this last one has been over the last year, I've lost about 40 pounds. And the interesting part was that I realized I did not view myself in the mirror any differently than I did when I was at the heaviest or when I was at the lightest, mm -hmm. because, you know, body image is a lot more actually how you feel about your body and not how it actually looks. Right. Mm -hmm. And so going down that route of, you know, looking at some of, you know, fit, fitness influencers or competitors and hearing them talking about body image, I would always look at them and push against that and be like, no, you're not allowed to have body image issues. Look at how you look. Right. Um, because there is that missing piece. Because in my mind, I saw them and said, that's what I would want to look like, um, but not realizing that it's actually all mental, right? And so for me, this last time, it was, I have maybe stepped on a scale, call it like three times over the last year, right? And it's funny, even when I do, that old programming starts coming up. Of the last time I did, I saw like the actual number and how much I'd lost. And I went, that old programming went like, no, 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 this isn't what you are. Like, you need to start eating more, right? <laughs> like, you need to get back to fulfill that, you know, old story in your head. And um, so, yeah, it's been very interesting. And working on the mental side of myself has actually led to so much physical gains. It's been crazy. And so just that whole, everything that you said there resonated a ton. Yeah, it's all about appreciating the journey instead of the outcome, right? Like, if, if we just attach ourselves to the outcome, then we lose sight of what's in front of us. Yeah. Like, and I really try to encourage the ladies that I work with to focus on today only, right? Like what, just focus on today, be here now, focus on the work mm -hmm. and the result will come. Um, yeah. And it, it's really hard to like decondition that programming when you have done it like some some people have done it for the past 50 years of their life so it's real it takes a lot of um reflection and internal work and as a coach if you're going to really dive into this stuff like you really have to dive into it because I have to have that mentality of like okay no Brenda I'm not gonna that's just a random name I made up I don't have a client named Brenda but um okay Brenda I'm not going to stop telling you these things because I need you to see this because I know that this is the answer to you really having the happiness that you want to have with yourself. So um, it's not just one of those things like mindset. The reason I talk about it 98% of the time in my content and with my clients is because it really is the answer. Like if we can fix the mind, then the body will follow. The, yeah. the body will always give signs of what's going on in the mind. Like I was extremely stressed a couple of weeks back and I threw my back out and that was a result of my mind. Like it's, it's crazy how much they're attached, but it's yeah. It, and guys need to talk more about that experience because I find women talk about it a lot, but 
the more that guys share, like everybody goes through body image and body dysmorphia. Yeah. And I think just the more we talk about it, the more that people will kind of wake up to the fact that the way that you look outwardly is not a reflection of who you are inwardly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I love that. And I, it's something that I've really been trying to um, embody in my own life of focusing on that process and on the habits and not the results, right? Yeah. Of like, I'm going to focus on, you know, exercising regularly and eating healthy. And that is my goal, weight loss or, you know, you know, definition, whatever it might be, are kind of a consequence of that. Right. But if you don't tie your goal to that, then you can develop those healthy habits, which last longer. Right. So I love that. Um, so, yeah. And then I guess just backing up on that, you know, that experience going from that corporate job into this new world that you find yourself in. Yeah, it's crazy because it feels like I'm in a different lifetime. It's kind of nuts. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think what triggered my decision to leave the corporate world was um, I was in a relationship where I was with somebody who had a child okay. and I kind of took on this, um, I took on this stepmother role. And I also was in a position in the company I was in where I was managing many trainers and it felt impossible. I was given this um, club that had gone through a lot of turmoil and I felt like I was putting all of this energy and effort into it and not getting anything in return. So my stress was extremely high. I was probably eating like 800 calories a day, maybe, um, as well as dealing with, um, or being in a relationship where I was kind of in the middle of like a custody battle and trying to provide for this little human and um, not feeling super supported. And like I was doing a lot of the work and I was just a total stress case. Like I lost about 15 pounds in a couple of months. I was basically a shell of myself. Like I would roll out of bed, which is, I can't believe I, this was me, but I would roll out of bed with like five minutes to spare. And then I would grab a coffee or if I didn't have time for a coffee, I would go and get an extra large coffee that was like the strongest possible caffeine content. And then I would roll into work. I wouldn't, I was missing my workouts. I wouldn't eat. Um, I was just this ball of stress and I eventually one day, I don't know what happened, but I woke up, I was living with this person, which is a really hard thing, a hard decision to make if, especially with a kid involved. Um, but I woke up one day and I just asked, asked myself, like, if I continue to go down this path that I'm on, where am I even going? Like, and I, I just was envisioning, like, I could just see this path that I was going on and it just made me feel like sick to my stomach. So the first step I took was uh, removing myself from the relationship. And I think that was a trigger for me to also make the decision to leave the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, okay, well, I've made this decision I've moved out of my apartment. I'm living with my parents. 
I might as well just do this. Like I might as well just do it. And I, I had been thinking about owning my own business since I was like 16 or 17. Like I remember thinking about it. Um, and I just realized like, if, if I'm going to do this at any time, I'm just going to do it while I have the support of my parents and I really have nothing to lose. Like if I, if I don't make any money for a while, like I'll figure it out. Like I, I don't care. Like I'm so unhappy. I will figure it out. Yeah. So I just did it. I gave one month notice to the corporate company. Um, and then I just jumped in with not really any plan or idea of where I wanted to take my business all I knew that was was that I had been a trainer for eight years and I like had some lots of good education and I knew how to train people and then clients started coming and I started doing one-on-one because that was again saying yes saying yes saying yes so I had a lot of one-on-one a lot of FST which is fascial stretch therapy Mm -hmm. Um, and I did that for a couple months And I still didn't feel happy. And I still felt like I was just kind of swimming in the deep end without any direction. Um, And I decided to hire two business coaches. Um, My one coach, Steve, has seriously changed my life and really helped me like tap into who I'm really supposed to be. He asks me all the right questions. He empowers me to just like be unapologetic about what I want. Um, which I really needed and I found yeah I just started saying no to things that didn't feel right self-healing journey helped me with that meditating um, working on loving myself affirmations the more that I dove into that the more I felt more confident with moving forward with what I really wanted and then when COVID happened I was like okay this is the moment where I either just leave the industry or I like say, I say, fuck it. And I just do what I really want to do, which is be an online coach for women. Okay. So then I did this post and I was like, I'm looking for five women who want this, 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 and this. And I filled the spots and then I just put everything into those women. And I lost pretty much all my income from the one-on-one because of COVID. And I just started to build my online space and put all of my energy into it. And I just was so in love with it. And I just knew, like, I just felt the sense of happiness. And I was like, okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and then as things started to open back up, I really asked myself questions and like, do I really want to, like I could take on this one-on-one person and make a good amount of money, but is that, taking away from my purpose or is it serving my purpose? Okay. It's taking away from my purpose. I don't want to do one-on-one. I don't want to do it. So I then started like just being really um, intentional with things that I picked up and didn't. And that allowed me to just put all of my time into my online coaching and the systems that I use and um, learning more about the mind and, and all of that stuff. So, and now I'm here. That's so cool. And I I love that story. And, you know, uh, when you're talking about it, how much do you think, you know, when you got to that point where you're just like, fuck it, I got to do it because I don't, 
Like if I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. How much do you think the fear of regret played into that? Of regretting not trying it, of like waking up one day in, you know, five, 10 years and being like, I really wish I would have tried pursuing that. Do you think that it was regret and was that conscious at the moment or was it something else? Or was it just, I have nothing to lose. I might as well try it. I don't think it was fear of regret because I'm not gen I, I'm not generally a person that lives in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, my flaw is that I get comfortable. Okay. And I, and I just accept what is, and I did that for way too long, which is why I got myself in that position. And I just realized like, it's so hard to explain. I just have always had this feeling of where I can go. And I feel like, like, I don't even, I think even if I do what I'm doing till I'm like a hundred, I probably still won't be happy with what I've done because I feel like it's just much, much bigger than that. Yeah. But I think it was more like, I see what I'm capable of. Why the hell aren't I doing it kind of thing? Like, If I don't do it, I'm wasting my life and I'm probably not going to live much longer because I'm probably going to be extremely unhappy with myself. So yeah, it was, it's hard to explain, but. No, that's a, no, I actually, I understand that a ton. And it was a question uh, by my therapist that kind of stopped me dead in my tracks and really changed the way that I look at things. And she asked me, she said, okay, at this time, um, if you never achieve anything else in your life, would you be successful? And I was so confused by the question because objectively I could go, well, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, like for other people looking in, like they would say that's successful. And I know objectively I could say that's successful. However, inside of me, I was like, no, like I have so much more to achieve. I have so much more to do. Like if I never achieved anything else, I'd be super unhappy. And those complete opposite sides of the spectrum really threw me for a loop. And, you know, it was something that I reflected on for a long time and yeah, helped me kind of work things out in my brain. And so I just, I I felt compared, or sorry, compelled to share that. Um, The other thing I wanted to just pick up on was, which I think is so important and is kind of that, that piece that a lot of people don't talk about where, you know, you said you could do one-on-one coaching and make, you know, a lot more money from that one person. However, you're so much happier doing what you do now. And like you were saying, like, you know, there's that, un, you know, almost that unmeasurable toll that it can take on us when we're doing something that we're not supposed to be doing or something that we don't enjoy of not wanting to get up in the morning, you know, not eating properly, missing out on the things that we love and want to do, like working out or however it shows up in other people, being, being around friends, whatever it might be. And I think that was, again, one of the big factors that led to me um, making big changes in my life was, I know I'm comfortable here. I know that, you know, from the outside looking in, there's a lot of, I I don't know what the right word is. I want to say like prestige, which sounds, you know, like not the best word, but, um, yeah. And, but realizing in my, 
mind and in my soul, I was not happy and I needed to make these changes. And with no idea what I was going to do, I just, I'm also very extreme. So I made a big change as well, walked away from everything, kind of started over at zero, still figuring out where I'm going. But even though I don't have all those external factors internally, I'm in such a better place and it's opened me up. And I do truly believe that because of that, I'll be able to achieve more as well and kind of playing to both sides of that in the long run, right? Not just looking in the short term, so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so hard to not see dollar signs as well in life. Like we attach happiness to money, which I, money does provide freedom and peace and happiness for sure. But money doesn't mean anything if you're not happy with yourself and what you're doing. And there's this quote from Jim Carrey Okay. You've probably heard it. And he talks about how he says, I wish everybody could be rich so that they could understand that it's not the key to happiness. And um, I would say I'm living in abundance with where I'm at financially and business wise and whatever, but I'm, it's still not enough. And it's not enough because I haven't made enough money because I want to make so much money it's because I want to help more people and I money is a byproduct of that and it and obviously that keeps growing but it's more about like what's your purpose and if you I think if you really follow your purpose you might experience a time period where you're not really getting much from it financially but if you really dive into it then you will be the universe will give you back what you put in yeah whether that's relationships whether it's money whether it's um the thing the things and circumstances that happen to you I'm a big believer that you you get back what you put in so yeah. I think you can never you can never ever ever go wrong with just doing what feels right yeah I love that and resonate a ton and think it's so important um you know something that I want to I want to touch on I just want to make sure that we get to it is when I first started following your content one of the things that I actually really loved was your, your style of coaching and way, about, uh, way of going about things. And we kind of touched on it of, you know, one, the mental side of it, two, the healthy habits and creating those habits. And, you know, when I see a lot of, you know, call them like fitness accounts or um, whatever they might be, a lot of it's very flashy, call it, right? And very like, you know, get ripped in 30 days or, you know, like, here's the six week, six pack package that I'm selling, right? And realizing that a lot of people are selling quick fixes um, that either don't work a lot of times or aren't sustainable, right? Um, whereas I feel like you come at it from a very, you know, healthy standpoint where it's, let's create these habits, let's create these things that, um, you know, sometimes they aren't mainstream, but they're better for you and they, you, they will make you healthier mind, body, soul. And so I was just kind of curious, is that how you've always approached things? Was it going back to what we talked about earlier where you just saw how important that mental side of it was? Um, and just kind of what made you make that decision on your style and was it a conscious decision or is it just how you've always done things? That's a great question. I think I think I've always been this way as a trainer, coach, manager, whatever, but 
I was living this like hypocrite life where I knew that it was necessary and I would preach it, but I wasn't actually living it. Yeah. Obviously, based on what I told you where I was, um, I knew that like I knew that through working with people that experienced a lot of pain, I knew that their mind was creating pain. And I knew that when people stretched more, um, their stress was lower. And I like I I recognized these things and I I was never really that trainer ever that was like let's focus on giving you a six pack and like I would always always struggle and have this like struggle and battle with clients at the corporate company I was in because they only cared about the quick fix and they only cared about the end result and I always was so unhappy and so frustrated with conversations because I was like why do people think this way Um, And when I started to just kind of live it more myself, I think I felt more comfortable to just share it. Yeah. So I think that answers your question. Um, Awesome. Yeah, it's, I've always felt that way, but when I really started to live it and also I think because I show that I live it, Mm -hmm. like when I share content where I'm showing that I do these things, I think it empowers people to trust it more. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, she's doing those things. She's not just saying it. I think a, a big part of um, getting people's buy-in on this way of looking at health and fitness is showing them that you practice what you preach and you're not just here for a six pack or. Yeah, I love that. Um, I know we're running out of time here, but there is something else that I do want to touch on because I think it's very interesting and maybe specifically because it's very opposite to what I experienced growing up because I think you made a post where you said you've moved 30 times is that more than that (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah okay and so like for me I lived in the exact same house with my parents until I moved out for the first time right and so not only like same city but like specifically same house um and so it just makes me curious and I guess if you could do like a really quick like some of the places you've been and lived and um and just like do you think how you think that it affected you like good bad like your experiences with it um do you think you developed certain skills because of it um yeah just kind of a general conversation on it that's a that's a really cool question that no one asks me so i'm yeah i'm glad to talk about this so i am an i was an army brat um My dad was always in the military and we moved based on what was happening with his career. Um, And my mom always worked. My mom has always been a hard worker and very successful, but um, based her work on kind of, we followed what my dad was doing. So we moved every like two years, I would say in the UK, just throughout the UK. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 12, my dad had the opportunity to either go to Cyprus or Canada. And we talked about it as a family and decided that we want to move to Canada. And it was supposed to only be for two years. So I should have really left Canada when I was 14, but we decided to stay and I've stayed in Canada since, but I still have um, continued this pattern of moving frequently. Okay. Um, ever since I moved out of my parents' house, like since the age of 
18, I have moved like once a year. And I think it's probably because the pattern is ingrained in me where I don't, I never, I'm like terrified of settling. I'm terrified of settling in one place. Um, even now, like when the world opens up, I'm probably gonna go live somewhere for a year because I think that pattern may have just been ingrained in me, which I think has its positives and negatives. The positive is I can talk to anyone. Like uh, the other day I was raking my leaves and I talked to the old lady next door for like 40 minutes, <laughs> probably because I was a bit lonely because of quarantine. But, um, a positive is that I can talk to anyone. Um, a positive also is that I would describe myself as kind of a chameleon. Like I can really just get along with any type of people. Um, and I was always that person in high school where I never belonged to one group of people. Like I was an athlete, I was an artist, I was a bit of an emo, like I belonged to all of those groups. Yeah. So I think that is also a byproduct is like being able to chameleon yourself to whoever you're around. I would say maybe the cons are that, and I've discovered this on my journey of like understanding myself more. I definitely struggle with long-term commitment to things mm -hmm. as well as opening up like opening up my energy to people as much as I give off this like fun I'm really listening to you like confident kind of exterior I don't like to like my circle is very very small so that also I guess though could be seen as a positive um I think that answers your question. Very cool. And <laughs> I have a very possibly out there question and you might not have an answer to it, which is more than okay. Um, so I guess, so sharing on my side, uh, in grade two, I moved schools. So like that was a big move for me, right? And so middle of elementary, um, you know, being the new kid was extremely difficult. Right. And so for me, it led to being bullied a lot, um, not really having any friends for that first year, uh, you know, until you kind of get accepted, you're not the new kid anymore. Right. And a lot of times you have to almost, you know, call it like harden yourself because of it. And I'm just curious if you've ever thought about, do you think maybe one of the reasons why you used to lean a lot more into that masculine energy? was because you needed, you were going into those environments where, you know, sometimes maybe kids weren't super receptive to you and you had to have that strength and show that strength. Do you think that might've played into it at all? Potentially, yeah. Um, I think when you constantly meet new people, like I, I never was in a situation where I was bullied thankfully or anything like that but I also always um I was also very good at like projecting like what people need like I said like that chame chameleon kind of personality and not getting too attached to certain people and their opinions of me because I was almost detached in a way because I knew like oh well I'm probably going to move anyway and what have you which probably um, 
fueled like my masculine fire for sure. Interesting. Yeah. No, again, super random question. It just kind of came up as you're, as you're talking there. Um, so the final question I have for you is what does this next phase of your journey look like? Ooh, great question. Uh, I think for me, it's, I always think of business because my business is my life. Clearly. Um, for me, I'm working on scaling my business. Okay. Currently, and what that looks like when I say scaling what I mean is how can I how can I create opportunities to pay um so I, I have one person working for me and I would like to keep it that way her name is Rachel she's a queen she's God sent her to me <laughs> I'm working on ways that like I can pay Rachel more and I can pour more into her and I can create um, more abundance in my business, but without completely stretching my energy in all different ways. Mm. Um, so in terms of business, working on scaling and um, just being myself always when I share content and just like really leaning into like who I really am because I still get resistant to it um, when I share content. Um, talking about hard things and in terms of personal I think just always diving into like the self-healing journey and understanding myself more um, and really leaning into women around me that also are business owners and have the same mindset and just like really attracting that Mm -hmm. um luckily in the past few months I have found a really awesome group of women that are very similar to me in those ways so yeah just staying open being more open doing more good for people my favorite quote is Kobe I love Kobe I'm a diehard Kobe fan. Um, he always says the work is the dream or he said the work is the dream. And I'm a big believer of that. Like I don't really ever attach myself to like an end result. Yeah. But also reminding myself that what I am doing is great and reflecting on how far I've come. Cause I can often get in that mindset of like, well, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. So yeah. Yeah. Just continuing on, on the journey and changing the world. <laughs> awesome I love that so much um thank you so much for coming on um I really enjoyed this conversation um I can't wait to see what the future holds and uh for people that are looking to connect or you know find you where would be the best place um you know what are the handles everything like that yeah absolutely so on Instagram you can find me at lift with Hannah l-a-f-t with Hannah um, I have a ton of content on mindset, workouts, mobility, um, body image, relationship with food, all of those things. I also have a podcast. It's called Thoughts of the Day podcast, where I do talk about a lot of the topics that we talked about today, um, specific to women and health and fitness. And then I have a website, liftwithhannah.ca, where you can figure out like what programs I offer and how you can look at coaching with me. Um, 
if it is something that you're interested in after this podcast, um, also just send me a DM because I love to just chat with people. It's my favorite thing. Um, it's really what I try to use Instagram for instead of scrolling. Um, and then I also just released a nutrition ebook. Um, it will be out on Monday um, where people can purchase it along with a webinar on taking the stress out of nutrition. So that's another product that I have as well. So yeah, look me up, see what you think, reach out to me if you have questions and yeah. Awesome. Thanks again. And uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have through Instagram at Jared Salikin or by email jared at jaredsalikin.com as well as it really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast. Thanks so much.